friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to Cha-Chings. My name is Lauren and I am super excited today to get to sit down with Emily Kerfinell and talk about wholesaling with you guys. Y'all have asked me about wholesaling over and over again and this is not my area of expertise so I am super excited to talk with her and have her share her expertise about the topic with you. So welcome Emily. Thanks for being here. Thank you. I'm so, so glad to be here. Yeah. So can you tell people a little bit about your background and what you do and who you help and how you help them? Yeah. Um, so I run a company called Wholesale in a Box, and um, we help makers grow their wholesale business. And for some people, that means going from an Etsy shop to being in 10 local shops. And for other people, that means going from being in 10 local shops to being in 200 local shops or international shops in some cases. Um, So basically, um, we provide guidance and a game plan to grow your wholesale, regardless of where you're starting from. And you know, depending on what your unique goals are, because we really have found that every maker is different. Every maker has different goals, a different... um, perspective vision whoops we had a little equipment malfunction over here um and um so we found the kind of pillars of wholesale that folks can develop and refine in order to feel um confident like they're putting their best foot forward when it comes to wholesale with shops um so that they can be effective and efficient at growing wholesale and they're not hunting across the internet (laughs) um for things and reinventing the wheel and wasting a lot of time which is something that most makers do not have so that's that's people in general yeah yeah cool um okay so when people are first kind of starting to think about wholesale, or maybe we have people listening who have not really ever given it any thought because they're a little intimidated. They don't really know um, how to cross into that. Do you have guidance for like, who would be a good fit for wholesaling? Who has a kind of product or what kind of product do you look for to say like, this would be a good sale wholesale product? Yeah, I think that I think that's the right question because I a lot of people feel like wholesale is something they have to do or like it's the next step for everybody and it's not. Um wholesale can be phenomenal if it's the right thing for you, but it is not for everybody. So, if you're thinking about is wholesale right for me, um well let me back up one step. So, I'm going to say what's good about wholesale. Wholesale can be a fantastic way of doing a few things. One is it can make your life uh, saner with steadier income because you get bigger orders. Um, So fewer, bigger orders, right? Um, 
it can even out the seasonal swings in your business a little bit because you're um, selling to stores all across the country and you're not necessarily just dealing with all of these ups and downs over maybe summer spikes or holiday spikes and that kind of thing. Um, and you're broadening your audience in a way that is much harder to do when it's just you reaching out to your community, right? Because when you sell to 10 stores, you're not just selling to those 10 stores, you're selling to the community and demographic of each of those 10 stores. Um, and it's also, I would say, just a way of growing that is um, potentially a scale and a level of sustainability that um, not every maker can get to through a retail channel. Um, <clears throat> so those okay, are- So while we're backed up there, yes. can you explain to people a little bit the difference between, let's say, wholesale, like traditional wholesale and something like a consignment inside of a store or private labeling? Because I know that I get this question a lot with people where they're a little bit, you know, somebody will ask them for one or the other and they're a little bit confused about what yeah. they should be doing with that. Yes. Okay. So wholesale is where a shop is buying product from you. They're buying a hundred units or, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be um, a ton, but even, you know, 20 necklaces from you. And generally you can just say for a rule of thumb, let's say your necklaces retail, you sell them on Etsy for $20 a piece. The wholesale, the, the wholesale customer, the store is buying them from you for $10 a piece, um, or maybe a little less than that. Um, and then they're selling them to their customers. So that's wholesale is what, where they're paying you for product. Consignment is where you, you have a relationship with a store, but they're, you're sending the product um, and they're paying you as the product sells. And so if you send uh, 20 necklaces, they're, um, you know, every quarter or every six months saying, oh, I sold four or I sold five. Here's the payment for those four or those five. Um, usually they'll pay a little bit more than 50% in a handmade context because, again, they're not paying you up front. Mm -hmm. And then private labeling is a third thing that's usually a little less common, but this is where uh, a store or perhaps like a an online retail channel will say to you, oh, I love your um, tote bags, you know, um, could you make them for me, but with my brand or my state or my whatever, you know, my colors or something like that. And so you're not necessarily selling them as yourself, but you're sort of the, in a way you're like the supplier, um, to the, to the, to the store. Yeah. So for people that are listening, I just want to kind of hit home the major difference. Private labeling is sort of like a whole different ballgame, but the yeah. major difference between wholesaling and consignment, which a lot of people get into what they think is wholesaling by consigning in local yeah. stores. But the major difference there is with wholesale, they're paying you up front yes. and they're buying a lot of one thing um, or, you know, more than one of the product. Like, yeah not just one, you know, one necklace at a time. Whereas consignment, like 
you're not going to get paid until it sells. And in the meantime, they're just kind of like holding this inventory. Yes. And consignment's nice because sometimes it can let you get your foot in the door somewhere because it's not as much risk for the store. Um, Wholesale is obviously nice because it's not as much risk for you. And different, um, different makers have different appetites for those two different types of arrangements. Some folks we work with don't do consignment. A store will ask them and they'll say, no, I don't do consignment. Um, and other people have grown their whole business on consignment. So if one or the business, if you're listening to this and one or the other of those structures sounds better or worse to you, that's good. That's fine. You know, there's no one, one right way to do it. Okay. So now that we've have our definitions down pat. <laughs> um, so, okay. So if somebody is thinking like, I, we talked a little bit before we hit record about most of the time when people, when I see this conversation happening, it's either because somebody sees wholesale as a great avenue for growth and they're like, I think this is where I want to go because it allows me to kind of bulk produce something and then sell it. Like you said, larger orders, fewer customers. Um, and then sometimes people are approached by somebody, a store or somebody they know or whatever that, or even online, um, people will find you on Etsy and say, you know, do you do any kind of wholesale? And then they're just sort of like gobsmacked and have no idea what to do. Yeah. So if somebody is like sort of in those very early um, stages and they just really don't even know how to get into this, what, what do you say to them? Yes. Okay. So I would say your first question is, is wholesale something you want to pursue? Um, so you might want to pursue it if those goals sound good to you. Um, you want to grow in those ways we were describing. You And then I think you need to think about, are you the type of business that can succeed at wholesale? So some things to think about are, do you have a product that can compete nationally? So it's one thing to compete locally where you're the only soap maker at the farmer's market or you're the only what um you know stuffy maker um at the local craft market and it's a whole nother thing when you're pitching to a store in you know halfway across the country and you're competing with all of the soap makers around the country and it doesn't mean you need to have some kind of like patented thing but it does mean that you need to be selling something that is unique and interesting and exciting to store owners. So that's one thing to think about. Um, the other thing is that generally you need pretty good, this sounds really specific, but it's kind of a linchpin of wholesale these days, which is photography. You really need to have some good photos of your work because if you're talking to stores that are not local to you, which you will be for the most part, that's your representation to them. Um, And then the third thing, so it's product, (laughs) photos, price are kind of three of the main kind of cornerstones before you even start wholesale price. So do you have your pricing at a point where if the store pays you half of your retail price, you're still going to be able to cover your costs, your labor and make a profit? Um, So that is not the case for everybody. And um, there I could share with you a link. I have an article of kind of like what to do if you can't make your pricing work for wholesale, but you're interested in wholesale. Yeah. Um, So there's some ways to do that. Um, But so those are some things to think about kind of at the foundational level. If you're like, yeah, okay, I can do that. Like I have those, you know, check boxes checked. Then it's what do you need to have in place um, as you start to dip your toe into wholesale? Um, I generally, you need a lot less than people think. You don't need some kind of fancy license. You don't need to go to a trade show. You don't need a catalog that you paid a designer to create. 
Um, what you do need is, um, so again, your, your, your product and photos, you need uh, wholesale terms. And so um, this can totally be a Word doc or a PDF, but where you just outline for store owners, you know, this is how our pricing works. This is our minimum order. This is how we ship. This is how things come packaged and just making it very clear for store owners so that, you know, over communication is good communication. It's better to have everything clear so that there aren't any misunderstandings. Um, so wholesale terms. And then you need a place where store owners can look at your products and your pricing all in one place. And so honestly, sometimes people have used their just their retail website, even sometimes your Etsy page. Um, and to just say, you know, this is my line. This is the wholesale price off of that retail price. So you can do that. People will say you can't, but you can. And I've seen makers grow wholesale to, you know, several dozen stores just using what they have on the retail side to show to mm-hmm. store owners. Um, or you can create what's called a line sheet um, where you create kind of, you know, a PDF document that outlines, you know, this is who we are, this is our story, this is our process, these are our wholesale products, wholesale pricing, and our terms um, all in one document. So um, it's basically, uh, and and then you need a way to connect with store owners. So maybe you're reaching out actively to them. Maybe you're putting your work on one of the wholesale marketplaces. Um, maybe you're uh, connecting with local stores and pitching them. But um, basically, again, the product, um, photos, a wholesale price, uh, wholesale terms, and a way for store owners to review all of that in one place. Okay, so I know that in listening, I have a couple questions um, that people are going to say, how do I know if I'm ready for like a national market? You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of makers that get into this kind of like accidental entrepreneurship and they don't necessarily have that background, especially like a corporate background or something. So they're like, well, I mean, I think my stuff's okay, but there's a huge confidence issue sometimes for people that say like, I don't really know if I can stand out in those national markets where there's all this competition. It's intimidating. Do you have any thoughts about that? It is intimidating. (laughs) And honestly, regardless of what your background is, there are no guarantees. Like I've worked with over a thousand makers to help them grow their wholesale business. And everybody wants me to be kind of the person at the table to say, you'll succeed or you won't succeed. And I can't. Um, So a lot of times it's a bit of an experimentation process and you won't know for sure until you put yourself out there and connect with some store owners and see what the response is. Um, It's kind of the bad news and the good news because it also means that if you, um, put together a really basic presentation for store owners and you say reach out to 10 regional store owners that you love um, and get their feedback on the line, you'll learn a lot really quickly. I mean, you could learn um, whether you're going to succeed at whole, or you could learn the, the initial evidence of whether you're going to succeed at wholesale in a couple weeks 
And then based on that feedback, you could refine what you're doing to be even more successful um, with a broader audience. And so it can be this nice, beautiful little iterative thing where you put yourself out there, you learn, you improve, and you put yourself out there again. Um, yeah. So short answer is we don't know. But yeah. um, <laughs> if the goals of wholesale are something that are interesting to you for your vision for your business. We're all trying to eat better, but healthy breakfast doesn't have to be so boring. Magic Spoon has the amazing flavors you love, but without all of the bad stuff. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs. With only 140 calories per serving, it's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. The frosted ones are my favorite. They taste like marshmallows, and they're the perfect after-the-kids-go-to-bed snack while catching up on my favorite TV shows without feeling guilty about eating something sugary. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash crickets to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code crickets at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash crickets and use the code crickets to save $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Yeah, and I think that that's an important point kind of across the board, wholesale, retail, everything, is yeah. that like, the, the first thing you put out there and the first no that you get doesn't mean that like you're doomed for failure and everybody hates your stuff. Right. <laughs> like you're going to get no's. You're going to get, you know, just like I always say with Etsy, like you're going to have unhappy customers. It is inevitable. You're going to get no's with wholesale at times. Yeah. Like yes. you don't need a yes from every single person. No. And developing that kind of thick skin, I think is hard, but yeah. useful. <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing that I was wondering while you're talking through this is, do you have a minimum number of products that you kind of recommend to people that they have? Like I would imagine, let's say you're selling candles. You can't just have one scent of candle and approach somebody like you need to have some sort of variety. Do you have guidance on that? You know, it's funny. Now I, I would say, <laughs> there's not as much of a barrier there as it might seem. If you have something fantastic, it's totally possible that a store owner would order one product from you. Um, obviously, if that one product is actually not that unique or actually not that great, <laughs> then you need to have a bit of a, it, it can be helpful to have a line where there's some lower pricings and some higher pricings and a variety mm -hmm. to meet store owners where they're at. Um, but it's, there's no single line in the sand with that. And um, I, it depends a lot on what the item is, right? If it's a soy vanilla candle and there's just the one soy vanilla candle, yes, that will be a harder sell because it's, you know, they have other options for that where there's mm -hmm. a more of a diversity of products within the line, but um, there's no cutoff and it's totally possible you could succeed with a really small line. One side note is that, I have actually found the opposite problem to be more common, which is that a line will be kind of big and all over the place. And um, I have found that the most successful wholesale lines are focused and cohesive and consistent. And so I would rather see a line with five or 10 
beautifully consistent, strong products than aligned with 60 products that are a little bit all over the place um, because it's hard for store owners to understand like, what am I looking at here and how is this going to help me um, when they see a line like that? Um, as a side note, we have talked about that extensively on this okay. podcast because that is something that people struggle with across the board. Yeah. Um, people always, and I did this too in the beginning, but it's like the minute they have some level of sales, they're like, I want to expand outward, like yeah. all these different collections, all these different products, all these different things. And instead, like what you really need to be doing is going deeper into that one market that's yes. working for you already. Yes, that's well said. Yes. Um, so that is a good reminder, both in your retail and your wholesale business. For sure. Also helps you to keep your costs under control because you're not yes, like- Yes, right. It's good in so many things. ways. Yes. Yeah. Um, so- Okay, so they they they've got this, you know, they've got their pricing. They're thinking about making this move. Do you recommend that people start locally in terms of reaching out to people? Is that every is that the the first step for most people? Yeah, it can be a good way to do it um, for a couple reasons. One is that you might have a good idea locally of what which shops could be a good fit for your products. You know, you've been into the shop. Um, the other thing is that you have a little leg up locally, um, just like I was saying with a craft market or a farmer's market near you. Um, you know, store owners tend to want to say, oh, yeah, this person's just down the road. So it's good. And the third reason it's good is because you'll get feedback um, or you can get feedback if you say that you're open to it, um, which is always useful. Again, with that thick skin, like it can be discouraging. <laughs> but if you take a step back and look at kind of all the feedback that you get in one place, um, it can be very helpful if you notice trends among what people are saying. Um, so that can be a good idea. So pick... Um, five, 10, 20 stores, you know, say within an hour's drive to you and um, email them, uh, introducing what you do, um, letting them know specifically why you're reaching out to them, not just anybody, um, sharing your products, pricing and terms all in one place. Um, that can be a really good thing to do. And um what you don't want to do is just when you hear the word local is wander into the shop and put your products on the sales counter and kind of pitch them in person. Usually um, there are exceptions, but for the most part, store owners want to be selling to their customers when they're in the store. And so um, the random stop in isn't as effective as you might think. Um, so I would certainly email um, to introduce it or even call sometimes. Um, and then if they did want to see it in person, maybe you do stop in, but um, with an appointment. Um, so that's one way to approach it is to start locally. Another way to approach it is to start on the wholesale marketplaces. Um, so, you know, Fair, Abound, Tundra, Bulletin, these are all wholesale marketplaces that have come up in the last five years. You can think of them like Etsy, but for wholesale. Um, and some people will jump right on the marketplaces without having that kind of local connection. And that can work too. It just doesn't always work. And if it doesn't work, you'll just be getting crickets on the marketplaces and not really know where to go from there. So um, sometimes having a little bit more in-person local experience first can be helpful to get that grounding in how store owners are receiving the line. Um, I mean, and the other option is just to start pitching stores that are further afield if there are stores that, you know, there's no reason that you can't pitch a store um, across the country if there are stores that you know of that you think would be a good fit. Yeah. 
I think you made a lot of really good points. Um, I was just like holding back my laughter because I actually did try to dabble in wholesale. Um, it wasn't really, I guess, true wholesale because I make monogrammed things. Um, but it was sort of like a partnership with a local store and I did exactly, this was like 10 years ago is right when I started, yeah. but, um, I did exactly what you just said. I walked into the store, like, yeah. you want to have my stuff? I know. Um, and I mean the, you know, social media and stuff wasn't as big of a thing at that time, but what you end up finding or what I ended up finding is a lot of times there's just like your high school employee working after school. Like you're not really talking to the yes. person that's making the decisions. Right. Well, that's so piece, emailing yeah. seems like it would be a better, better choice to get yeah. that, be, be able to have that passed on to the person that's actually making the decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Also. Yep. Um, yeah. And so I think that um, the other part of it that I really, um, seen a lot more lately. And I think that this, maybe uh, you would probably know this more than me, but maybe it's the rise of some of these, um, wholesale marketplaces that weren't, I don't know if they were around, but they weren't as well known several years ago, but I'm seeing more and more of these smaller retail type things in my local store. So like there's a local baby store in town and they actually carry the same bunnies that I carry in my shop that I got on fair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was looking for those because they have, um, I mean, specifically because they have us safety certificates and that's mm -hmm. like specifically what I was looking for. And so, um, but I just thought that was really neat because it's sort of this, you know, it used to be, it feels like to me, like before the internet, you know, got so big that like you really had to do trade shows. Like you mm -hmm. had to be a big enough retailer that that's what you were doing. And now it seems like there's this intersection between uh, this like sort of small production and being able to get into a retail look in a lot of retail locations in a way that didn't exist even five or 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's very true. Yeah. Trade shows, you know, so, okay. So terminology trade shows are a place where you would go um, and have a booth um, and retailers would come and wander around all the booths. And, you know, in the 90s, it would be like you if if you paid for a trade show booth and you got set up there, you could expect tens of thousands of dollars of orders um, and it would just like launch a line. Um, as time has gone on, trade shows have gotten more and more expensive. So, you know, commonly it will cost like $20,000 to attend a trade show um, once you count all the expenses. Um, and they've gotten a little bit less reliable in terms of the orders. And so many times they're actually a, the best fit for a more established wholesaler um, where they're kind of connecting with their current stockists and they're finding some new ones and they have the brand um, you know, power to stand out in that kind of context where there's hundreds of booths. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really super interesting because um, FAIR and these other marketplaces, they did, they only popped up like five years ago. And um, so before that, your option was um, just to connect with stores on your own or to use a rep or to try to go to a trade show. Um, and now they're a really great tool. I think now almost you just have to be a little bit careful to not think of them as like handling all of wholesale for you, mm -hmm. um, but really understanding that they're one tool in your toolbox of with wholesale. Um, one thing that I think is really important and it's important to emphasize at every stage in the wholesale journey, which is relationships. You know, it's, it's easy to focus on, oh, I just need like a couple wholesale orders or I just need to get some new 
new eyes on my products or something. But really, if wholesale is something that you're interested in pursuing, the your wholesale business will only be sustainable insofar as you have real relationships with the store owners who are buying from you. Um, because that's where you turn one order into, you know, 30 orders over the span of a few years. And that's where you actually see sustainable income and less burnout and less like, you know, hustling every day and every weekend. Um, So I think that marketplaces are great, but you also need to realize that the relationships with those store owners, the communication, the service and support that happens after the order goes out, all of that is still in your hands, even if the marketplace is facilitating the introduction with the retailer. Right. And much like any marketplace, like you're going to pay fees for that. So (laughs) it's going to be beneficial for you to make those relationships outside of that from what I've heard, some of those marketplaces, the fees are pretty significant. So, right. um, yeah, so I, I just think it's a really neat, um, I think that the industry in that way has changed in a really neat way where, you know, you're, I, I think there's a lot of people who say like, well, there's no way I could compete with, you know, this huge national multi-million dollar brand, but it's like, there has been such a push lately for, you know, the unique products and the small business owner. And I think especially through COVID and everything that's become a lot more front of mind. Mm -hmm. And so wholesale gives you that opportunity to, to get into that market on a much broader scale. And I I think that's a really neat shift that's happened in the industry. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Emily, if people are looking to find you and find more about wholesaling and um, see how they can make this work for their business, where can they find you? So I'm at wholesaleinabox.com. You can also, we have a free email course called Grow Your Wholesale. Um, And if you go to wholesaleinabox.com slash learn, L-E-A-R-N, that's a good, people really like that course because it gives kind of the lay of the land of you know, some of these things we're talking about, like, what do I need to get started? What are the ways I need to start thinking about wholesale? And what are the kind of initial baby steps I can take um, to get on that journey? Um, I also want to say I'm at, um, you can reach our team at team at wholesaleinabox.com. And so if you have follow-up questions, we're a small team, we're a small business also. And so we're just really passionate about helping folks. And if you have questions, um, we're more than happy to help. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your expertise on this topic. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thanks so much for tuning in. I would love to continue this conversation and connect with you over on Instagram. I am at lauren.keplinger and I am in my DMs and interacting with people all the time. So if you have questions about the episode, follow up, thoughts, comments, whatever, shoot me a DM and I would love to connect with you. I will see you back here, same time, same place next week. Bye for now.